I've been waiting to record this for a while now. And I think um, I've been waiting for the perfect moment. But the truth is that the perfect moment never exists. So I've gone for a drive as I do and I'm sitting now and I'm just like looking out at a lake, at a river, and I thought I would share my story. And I know that this kind of recording won't be perfect and I probably won't tell it in the most perfect way, but maybe that in itself is perfect because I'll be more authentic. So I really want this to be about how the conscious vet came along and an explanation of what that really is and what it means to me. So I kind of wanted to start maybe with my old kind of mindset. Um, For my entire life, I've pretty much always been the one that wants to be the best and wants to do better, constantly trying to be better. And I'm constantly was in competition with everyone. I thought that that's what success was, that it's being the best, it's being better than everyone. I was someone that's always doing, 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 and I still am, I guess, in a way, but now I actually have time for myself and I think I look after myself a lot more. It kind of started maybe in literally, I suppose, first, second, third year vet or my entire uni, I would vomit before every exam. I would be so anxious about being the best and doing so well on every exam that I would literally vomit. I'd wake up feeling sick every morning and I would vomit and that would just, it it felt shit because I was vomiting before an exam and no one likes to vomit but also because then I'd go into the exam and I'd actually practice reading, just literally thinking that I'd forget how to read. And I would practice reading by looking at the front cover of the exam paper and I would just read over that to remember how to read. That's how how much I didn't trust myself. But despite this, I guess I've always kind of been in a leadership role. It's kind of, I've always fell into these positions and um, it's always taught me how to be a better person and I think it wasn't really until VET that that definition of being a better person changed slowly. So I kind of started throughout maybe third year I think is when I started to just listen to podcasts and it was really about bettering yourself. Um, I was doing it for my leadership roles and just because it's something I just liked to do but I guess that's what really started pushing me in the direction that I am in now. Um, I noticed actually when I listened to these podcasts, I'd get really frustrated um, sometimes because they always spoke about having your purpose. You know, what's your purpose? And I, and I realized essentially that I didn't have a purpose. And I think to me in my head when I listened to these podcasts, it sounded like some crazy complex thing a purpose had to be you know I'm going to change I don't know I'm going to build this huge company and it's going to be the best and um, I'm going to be xyz and know all about that and all about that and know everything essentially and that was my purpose or 
that's what I thought it had to be. And then at the same time, towards um, really the middle of third year, I started to go kind of downhill. I it kind of started in a way I tore my PCL, and this like it was quite a severe tear. So I actually had to do a lot of rehab for this, and it really shook me because I no longer was able to do the exercise that I was used to doing to that kind of kept me sane and I didn't have that anymore and it kind of made me realize how much that I needed that and how much I was lost without it so that was kind of my first kind of um, moment where I realized that I needed certain things to keep sane and kind of at the same time my experience at vet school was just going down downhill not like my grades or anything they've kind of always been like the same I guess and just like the overall experience I started to really buy into the limiting beliefs that a lot of us have and you know you're not going to make any money you're going to be depressed um, you're not going to have time for friends and I really started to buy into that and I was thinking what am I doing why am I doing this why would I do that to myself? And I started to think that was going to be my reality. And then I guess my motivation for vet school kind of went down as I was questioning this. And I actually went to a placement for um, the preclinical placement and I went to the Total Rehabilitation Centre at Cairns. And this is kind of at that same period in the middle of third year. And I was just doing the Total Rehab, which was awesome. I love marine life. That's kind of like, my passion I love it it's just the most beautiful divine creation it's an alien universe down there and it's amazing so when I was there I actually met a guy in a bar and he you know I'm at this moment of like vet isn't that isn't for me what am I doing you know I'm going to be I'm buying all these limiting beliefs and I met this guy at the bar and he started talking to me about working on the boats. And he just seemed so happy and so passionate. And he had a purpose and all the things I didn't have. I thought, I'm going to do that. So I essentially started setting myself up over the next couple months to um, building up my diving um, certificates to be able to do three months away um, to become a professional scuba diver. And at that point, really, at the end of third year, my last brain cell, I felt, was like crawling its way to the finish line to finish that year. I thought, I'm going to take this degree at the end of third year. I'm going to run and I'm going to... I kind of felt like I was running, I guess, in a way. I'm going to take the degree and start doing this work up on the boat. So that's what I did. I finished third year and then I left to go to Cairns and... This is when things really, this is really the moment when things changed for me. I was in this state of confusion and what I'm doing. I was completely uncomfortable. I was living in a hostel. I had three other people in my room at the time. Didn't have my own space for three months. I was working on a boat, doing liverboard boats. I'd be on the boat for, I think, five days in a row. And you'd basically start work at seven and finish at 
I think it was nine. Um, and you'd get three dives in during the day. It was part of the course. And I really, I enjoyed the diving. I didn't really enjoy the cleaning and that, but I loved being on the boats. But the uncomfort, the uncomfort that I felt with shared accommodation for that long and not having friends in this time when I probably should have had friends. But I guess one thing it did do when I went up there, it really confirmed my love for the, for the ocean and for working on these boats. And I started to really fall in love and I was like, wow, this, I can, I can do this. I'm going to be a dive master. I'm going to be a dive instructor. I'm going to work on these boats and my life's going to be amazing. And I had it all figured out. I was like, that's it. Kind of like a week before Christmas, I was like, that's it. Everything finally seemed so perfect. I was, I had, you know, some stronger relationships at the hostel and I felt like kind of comfortable again. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, and then it kind of, I kind of got slapped in the face at the end of that week. Um, it was the week before Christmas and on the Friday, I think Christmas was a Saturday, the Friday I was doing a dive and during my dive, I got a bit like, I guess I've, it would probably just have to be like, I'd describe it as like a bit panicky. Um, I was running low on air and you should come up to the boat with always 50 bar. It's a bit of a side story, I guess. But anyway, I got a bit panicked and I didn't know where the boat was. And I thought my buddies, my dive team were swimming away from the boat. And I was like, what are you doing? Um, and I think that kind of triggered my senses to go, to be incoherent with each other. And I just remember feeling an intense pain in my ear. And then all of a sudden it was gone. And I was like, oh, okay. So we finished the dive and we went up. And what had actually happened is I had, I think it was a reverse block on my ascent. The pressure built up in my ear and I actually burst my eardrum. Just the week after I decided this is what I wanted to do. I burst my eardrum. I went to the doctor that Friday and he's like, yeah, mate, you've burst your eardrum. You can't dive for a minimum of three weeks. It could be up to six months and maybe you can never dive again. I, I looked at him and I, I still, I almost felt like crying because I'd figured out what I wanted to do. And he pretty much said, you can't do that anymore. And I was like, shit. I didn't think he realized what that meant to me, but that was a big moment. Um, essentially then, I, the day before Christmas, I had no family up there for Christmas. So I was by myself. Um, I knew this was going to happen. They wouldn't let me go home, even though I guess I was a volunteer on the boat. They wouldn't let me go home for Christmas. Um, in a way, in a sense, I was an intern. I'm not sure, like, if it was fair or not. But I, either way, I didn't have family around for Christmas. My first time, I ruptured my eardrum the day before. Um, I think it was like the day after Christmas. Um, my girlfriend at the time and I we broke up, and then the day after that, this was in kind of peak COVID time. I got COVID, 
So there's like these four major things that happen. And with getting COVID at this time meant that I got kicked out of the hostel and I had my car. It was an interesting feeling because I I felt extremely ostracized. I felt like I couldn't be anywhere. I didn't have I didn't belong anywhere, but at the same time it was like I was kind of at peace in a way because I knew nothing really could go more wrong. <laughs> um so I got kicked out of the hostel and essentially I went camping for a week with COVID. Um, and I, I just had to stick it out. Actually, it, once the worst of the COVID had gone, I actually had a pretty good week. It was a, I had a lot of thinking to do that week. So I was by myself camping and I was going to, I was a week in nature to think and sort myself out. And I kind of got to the idea that, yep, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep working on the boat. I no longer was going to dive on the boat, which was kind of the payment. I'm just going to work on the boat so that they will pay so that I'll be able to do the dive master course and become a dive master at the end. So I just kept working on the boat and at the end of three weeks later of working and no diving, I um, went, right, it's the moment of truth. I'm going to go for a dive and see if my ear has healed. And I went for a dive and I remember going down and like being so happy because my ear was healed. At, at least I thought my ear was healed. I think it was at a point when I was watching a turtle swim and I equalized just to go down to him to just see him a little bit closer. And at that moment I equalized and I heard like the, the squeak come out of my ear again. And that squeak, that crushed me because I knew then it wasn't healed and I knew then maybe it would never heal. I came up from the dive and that was that. I finished my days on the boat and that meant that I had my dive master course. I could do it at any time in the future for free now that I'd worked for free but it was put on hold until my ear was fixed. And then essentially I started to drive back um, from Cairns. I was doing this road trip and it kind of felt like every kilometer that I got closer to home, closer to Brisbane, it felt like the discomfort was leaving me and I was becoming more comfortable and more familiar again. And it was a nice feeling. Um, I also felt like, like I didn't know myself and I had, I felt like I had changed a lot and, um, there was this one day when it, I was, I think I drove eight hours and I, one of my, I slept at Mission Beach and this is probably the best day of my life, I guess, so far. One of the best days anyway, or one of the most, um, influential days. I was camping at Mission Beach and I went to the camp kitchen and I was talking to this guy in there. His name is Johnny and he actually explained to me that he used to be an ex 
drug addict. And I guess that explained a few things. And, and he spoke about going clean and how he did it. And essentially what he did and how he built himself up was he just started giving. He started giving to people, not expecting anything in return. And eventually, actually, he started to get things in return. And he told me that, you know, he would give a bike and then he'd get you know, something else in return, like a buggy or whatever it was, then he'd give that. And then it kind of kept upgrading, I guess, in a way. And he eventually ended up with this block of land and he started a nursery. So now he has a nursery in Mission Beach and his message was to give. Simple, but I understood it. Then I kept driving and I stopped at a waterfall on the way home. I don't remember where it was. But I remember overtaking this van as I was driving along this dirt road. Because vans go slow on dirt roads and I was in my four drive. So I just like sent it around them. And, um, <laughs> and I kind of stopped at the waterfall and was swimming along and I saw the lady get out of the van and, you know, she jumped in as well. And then we just like started talking. I've been getting interested in meditation and breath work because I've been hearing about it on these podcasts. So I've been trying it on and off, I guess, for a while. And she actually explained to me that she, her name was Rachel, and she worked with the two guys to create a breath work company, which I'd been, I guess, watching and doing their breath work with and I was like how crazy is this that all of a sudden now I've run into this lady that helped build this page that I've been following for so long and she actually explained to me that one of the boys um, he had a similar thing happen to him and she was kind of saying that we were we had these similarities and this this similar path he also burst his eardrum diving and then you know he's really anxious about it now and he never thought he'd dive again but he did and I was like wow this is this is cool so anyway that kind of got me thinking about the meditation and breath work and then later that day I arrived at Bowen I hadn't eaten essentially all day maybe a few snacks and I got to Bowen and I was starving I think it was Horseshoe Bay, it's called, Caravan Park there. And I pulled up and I was just pretty much straight into cooking. And I was talking to this guy in an RV next to me. And I guess we were just having chats and about, you know, what I was doing. And I kind of was talking to him about the dive masters and how, you know, my ear burst and all these things had kind of gone wrong for me. And But in this moment, I was also so happy and so grateful for my day. And I was on this high and all of a sudden I finished, as I'm like cleaning up my meal, he comes over to me and he basically says, hey mate, my name's Travis. I'm the general manager of Quicksilver Dive. Um, we have a dive boat, a few dive boats out of Port Douglas. I'd love to have you on board one of my vessels. And I was like, no fucking way. How crazy is that? And 
I just was like, how does this day happen? It was amazing. And he gave me his business card. I grabbed it and I was like, I'm going to hold you to this because this is the best thing that's happened to me in three months. Um, so I kept in contact with Travis. And I guess at this moment too, I kind of realized a few things. I realized that I really, I guess on this high, I was able to think differently. I realized that diving is amazing. I fucking love working on those boats. It is the best time, but it isn't where I fully want to be. It's something that I love doing and I want to do, but I love solving problems. And there wasn't many problems to solve on the boats because it is perfect. Um, And I realized that I really did want to be a vet. It was problem solving. It's changing lives. It's meeting amazing people. It's working with amazing people, intelligent people, caring people, empathetic people, beautiful humans. They're doing things for another species. That's amazing. And in doing that, I guess we're looking after other humans. So I think veterinary work is one of the most amazing giving professions out there. Um, And I stopped buying. I decided if I'm coming back to this veterinary degree, I'm going to change the way I do things. I'm going to change. And I, I was like, I'm taking this seriously now. If I come back, I'm doing things differently. I decided I was going to stop buying into the limiting beliefs that I've been told. I asked myself, were these really my beliefs? No. I asked myself, do I really see these limiting beliefs happening to me? No. I decided I was going to flip my perspectives on these beliefs. I decided I was going to be who I am and not who I think I should be. I decided I was going to manage myself properly. I was going to look after myself, my body, my vessel, my mind, so that ultimately I can be who I am and save lives and treat lives with the utmost care. And I started to read books and I wanted to understand self-development more. I wanted to understand myself more and I wanted to understand meditation more. I'm still an analytical person. I'm a science dude. So I need to know how meditation works. I need to know how breath work works. I need to know how ice bath works. I need to understand how they work for me to believe it, which maybe is not right, but it's how I am. And now I understand those things. And once I understood those things, I started to do them and I started to take them more seriously. I started to understand where things were coming from. I started to take time for myself. I read this book and it talked about a meditation practice where you would essentially like visualize, but I think they called it 
dimensionalizing a scenario. Essentially what it was is you imagine the scenario. For me, it was, I didn't, I was, I wasn't going to vomit before exams anymore. So I wanted to recreate how I felt before exams. So for almost every day leading up to, I guess, the final exams, mid-semester exams in semester one of fourth year, I did the meditation and I essentially got myself to a high vibrational state of gratitude or bliss. And so then I would imagine dim dimensionalize the pre-exam scenario. I was embodying what it would feel like before an exam and I was rewiring those neural pathways so that my body was more familiar with how to react when in the in the right way, in a non-anxious way before an exam. So when the exams came along, it was as if it my body had already been there and it was as if it knew what to do. Instead of freaking out and vomiting and being anxious, I woke up and I felt fine. I wasn't associating myself with the exam. I was free of really that anxiety. I mean, I still get like a, you know, you still get a bit worked up. I'm not like saying, no, I'm not anxious at all ever. Of course I am, but I, it wasn't ridiculous anymore. I was, it was at a point where I could manage it and I wasn't vomiting before exams, which was a huge step. And that's when I started to really fucking believe in this breath work meditation shit. And I was like, if this is, I, I believe this is the reason why. And I should note, I should mention too, that when I came back from this trip up at Cairns, my friends noticed a significant difference in me. They would say like, yeah, you came back and you were different. I guess what that kind of tells me is when we are uncomfortable, when we're in scenarios that we don't like, we grow. That's when we grow the most. And whenever I'm in those uncomfortable scenarios now, I can realize that. And it is actually the perfect time to test new ways of being, to test new ways of reacting to people because you're already uncomfortable. So becoming more uncomfortable, you don't even have to worry about it. So be Try things out and be who you are in those moments. Semester one of fourth year, I had the best semester of my life, hands down. Mentally, I had never felt this before. I was doing the best I've ever done. And I was proud of that. I was back in love with this vet degree. I was back in love with this veterinary profession and I was going to do it my way, which is fine. And I was going to use it as a tool for my life. I don't like to say I am a vet. I like to say that I, I have a vet degree because I don't like the vet 
to define me. It's not who I am, it's what I do. And it's not even what I do all the time. I think that's important as well. And then essentially, this brings me to the whole thing. I'm looping back now. I thought I needed to tell that story, but this is when friends started showing interest, I guess, in what I'm doing. And I was like, right, I'm, I think this shit works. So I'm going to start sharing it. I'm going to create this Instagram page. And that's what I did. I had it for ages, actually. It was sitting there. Then I eventually was like, right, I'm, I'm doing it. Kind of like i just sitting in the car right now with this like podcast. I just decided, right, I'm going to do it. And I just went and I started. I think that's a big thing too. Just starting doing it. I'm just doing this right now. I don't know what I'm doing. I've got a few notes here, but I'm just wing, winging this and trusting that the right things will come out. I think one thing too I think about is the fact that I get to be here in this degree. I get to be here. I get to. I don't have to. I'm privileged to be here firstly. But I'm choosing to do this. I get to do this. I'm thinking tomorrow. I get to go to my placement. I get to. I think that's a big thing for me as well. It gives you credit. It's not I have to. I get to because of the work I've put in. I also like to ask myself, what am I really doing here? What am I really doing here? If you're sitting in a lecture, I, I would think now, what am I doing here? Really, I'm learning this knowledge that this lecture is giving me. I'm taking that on board to use to save lives. That's what I'm doing. That's how I learn now. I don't, I try not, obviously I still need to remember things, but I try to learn and I ask myself, what am I really doing here? And I'm going to end up by saying, we all have this story. This is my story. um, And I think it needed to be shared on this page. But the thing is, we all have our own unique stories and, and, and that's why I wanted to start this page and that's why I'm doing these kind of interviews podcasty thing because I want to hear other people's stories I think these are the stories we need to hear that motivate people they tell people that you're not alone in how you're feeling they tell people they tell us that we are human I'm just a regular dude and I know that everyone in my year is an amazing person and in this degree, in this industry, with a story that could 100% help motivate people and just maybe give people some more tools to use. I want everyone to realise that it's okay to be human. No one is superhuman. We all have our own stories. I want the conscious vet 
to be about two things really to be about recognizing how we're feeling to be recognizing the feelings the unmet needs but more importantly i think we maybe we already do that we recognize that but acting and how to act on those things i'm not going to be here to push meditation and breath work i think that works and that's what my events and a lot of my personal um, drive will be towards. But I want to share what other people do. And I want to share the tools other people use to look after themselves on the day-to-day. And maybe you'll learn from that. I want to share these stories. I want to inspire people, motivate people. But most of all, really... For me, even if no one listens, I want to learn from other people. I want to learn how I can use their strategies in my life, actually. And that's why I'm doing it. I want people to fall in love with the veterinary industry. We are an industry of life savers. Or at the very least, life changers. Every day, whether it's big or small, if you're, even if you're in the lecture theatre still in first year, you are becoming a lifesaver. That stuff you're learning will help you save lives. That's fucking cool. I hope that one day I will be a conscious vet and I hope that you will be too. This is your reminder to check up on yourself. Thank you. I look forward to more of these podcasts. The podcast is called Veterinary Humans with the Conscious Vet. Thank you and goodbye.